Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Patricia Gregory complete their life-changing series entitled Folks. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're concluding today on the uh, title of Folks. What is Folks? See, they knew that F, they knew F was family. That was it. They stopped right there. Family. (laughs) F, friends and family. O, ordinary people. L, loved ones. K, them kids of ours. S, our spouses. Amen. And we're talking about disciplines and behaviors that we should adopt and incorporate to make those relationships not only healthy, but grow. And today, the conclusion of it is we're going to be talking about expectations and boundaries. Expectations and boundaries. How many of you know we need them? Online, say, "I I need to set my expectations and boundaries. All right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, which is our foundation scripture. It says, you are always and dearly loved by God. The most important relationship and the most important revelation you can have is to know that you are always, always in your mess, always in your mistakes, always in your complications, always in your drama. You are always loved and you are always dearly loved by God. It says here, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, separate, set apart, different. He calls you, if you're a Christian, a peculiar priesthood. You're not like everybody else, so stop trying to be. You can't be Christian in common. You are unique, individual, called, set apart, holy, sanctified. Cleanse, made whole, right? Mm-hmm. Holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme. Say, love is supreme. Love is supreme. And must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. The higher you go in love, the more mature you are. And the more God is able to not only bless you, but use you Mm -hmm. to demonstrate his character to other people. Now, as we uh, embark on this topic on today, there are some foundational truths that you just need to know. We have to lay a foundation, and it is upon that foundation that you will be able to better gauge your expectations and your boundaries and how to implement them and what to do and how to do it, all right? Truths to know. Number one, you are uniquely created by God and only he can give you the inner workings of your relationship behavior. You are uniquely created by God. I don't care if you're an identical twin, a mirror twin, a triplet, a quadruplet, a fifth whatever it is. I don't, even Siamese twins, 
you are uniquely created by God. That's right. Even if you grew up in the same household with the same set of parents and the same circumstances and conditions, you will have different experiences from your siblings. That's right. It's amazing to me how my brother and I grew up with the same set of parents at the same address all of our lives, and our experiences are totally different. Because I am me and he is he. Right. Right? There is not a single strategy out there that enables you to be uh, some type of uh, a guru or ninja in relationships. <laughs> there is not a step one, two, three that I can give to everybody here. You go out and do it specifically, and it gets you to where you want to go. God has made you with this here peace, this safe that only he has the lock. Which is why all the great ideas, all the counsel, all the wisdom that you gain from other people, ideas and strategies and methods, there is a limit to its working. Right. At the end of the day, you have to lay that at the altar and say, now, God, you know me. Now, what do I do with this information? And how do I, as Patricia Elizabeth, yeah, that's good. use it to be the best me for you to other people? Mm-hmm. Psalms 139, verses 14 and 15 in the message. It says, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. It says, all the stages of my life are spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I've even lived one single day. David says, you know me and you know everything about me. So only you can tell me what I need to do mm-hmm. to prosper, yeah. to succeed, mm-hmm. to lead. Yeah. John 16, 13 in the Passion says, but when the truth giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Of every truth within you, which means that you have to adopt truth, but then with that truth and how it works for you, how it works for Minister Johnny, how it works for Minister Kimberly, how it works for Alice, how it works for Jermaine, how it works for any of you, he will reveal that to you. He won't speak of his own, it goes on to say, but only that he, what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will reveal it to you as it is. God is so awesome. Think about this. They have studied snowflakes for decades. And do you know not one snowflake is alike? They have studied leopards and tigers. Oh, my. (laughs) For years. And, you know, not one stripe or spotted pattern is alike. Not one. He said light be, and they continue to discover more light. There's planets that they continue to find. Whatever God made, he made it unique, defined, and particular. And you are his crowned creation. 
in order for you to succeed in anything, you have to go before the creator and he will tell you the what's next, the how-tos, the when-tos, the what's. Number two, the experiences of your life have created who you are, good or not so good. So therefore, any growth area in you must be developed not only by what's taught, but what's intentionally achieved when spending time with Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You were created a certain way. Some are quiet. Some are loud. Some are introverted. Some are extroverted. Some are mathematically engineering smart. Some are creatively smart. And achieving. Some are compassionate. Some are more stoic. Some are, there's people that's called to missions like, like Kenya missions. And there's some that says, you know what, let me take care of home. He says in Romans that he made so many different gifts so that we could all work together to accomplish his will in the earth. Mm-hmm. So any area of growth in you has to come from him. And the way it comes from him, first and foremost, is by the word of God. Listen to this, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 in the easy to read version. It says, all scripture is given by God. All of this scripture is given by God. And all scripture is useful for teaching and for showing people what is wrong in their lives. This scripture, when you look at it, it's a mirror. I know my kids, if they got a single little white head on the temple of their, I, I see it. <laughs> I, I do. My daughter always sees, she said, I could have a strand of hair dislocated back in the back of my head. You're going to see it. <laughs> he knows you even better. Right. Right. And it's going to teach you and he's going to show you what you need to do to make your fault, to show you what's going on and what's wrong in your life. He said, it is useful for correcting faults. It is useful for correcting faults. Let's see here. They went ahead of me. And teaching the right way to live. Using the scriptures, those who serve God will be prepared and will have everything they need to do every good work. He says, using the scriptures, those who serve God will be prepared and will have everything they need to do every good work. That's good. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So if you're full of the word of God, you're full of truth. So therefore, when he speaks, you hear him because he's identifying with the language that's in you because you've aligned yourself with his language. And when you align yourself with his language, you you can easily say, okay, um, they said something awkward to you and you, you, I don't like you. And and, and you want to say in your flesh, well, I don't like you either. (laughs) But if his truth is within you, Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due season. Then you'll say, you know what? I'm sorry you don't like me, but I promise you you get to know me better. I'm likable. You understand? Yeah. Two totally different responses in the same situation. But one aligns with the word of God and the other one is, no, I just got to clap back. That's so good. So when you think about setting new expectations and creating boundaries, there are really two agents that God uses. It's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, right? The Word of God and the Holy Spirit, right? So once I find out what God's Word says, and I'll read it again in that second thing, it says, it is useful for correcting faults and teaching the right way to live using the Scriptures. 
So if you want faults corrected and you want to learn the right way to live, he's going to use the scriptures to do that. Right? And so a lot of times we run to a mentor, we run to parents, we run to people. But I came to tell you today, the safest place to run to is the word of God. And then because we're individuals, that's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit will teach you how that word applies to your life and how to use it effectively so that you can arrive at your desired goal or destination. Number three, your mistakes are redeemable. There's nothing you've ever done in life that God cannot redeem you from. Your life did not end at your mistakes. That's right. Your mistakes are redeemable when you're humble enough to acknowledge them or even be open to know them. And so think about this for a minute. When, when no one can talk to you, I mean, something's wrong with that. Right? Especially when it's someone that you love and their, their heart is to help you and you shut them down. I mean, you know, something's off there when I don't want to listen to people who are trying to help me. All of our mistakes are redeemable. Look at this in Luke chapter 11, 34 and 35 out of the Passion Translation. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. The eyes of your spirit does this. When your heart is open to light or open, the light floods in. And of course, we're talking about revelation knowledge. So when a person's heart is open and they turn to the word, how many know revelation? God will give you more insight about what's being read than what's actually being read. Have you ever been there before? Right? That's what makes the Holy Spirit so powerful. He can take one speaker and then the Holy Spirit can speak to thousands of people individually about what's going on in their lives. That's a beautiful dynamic that takes place every time the Word of God is being ministered, read, studied, whatever a person is doing with it. And so if you want to see it open up in your life and you get more revelation about a particular area, then it's based off of the condition of your heart. Is your heart open? I came to encourage encourage somebody today that all things are redeemable. You are not your past. You are not the mistakes that you made. Come on, God can take you from there and bring you to a place as if those mistakes never existed in your life. He can take a little boy from Detroit, Michigan that was in a game. See, he'll repurpose these things and redeem them. Breaking in houses, stealing cars and then changing and take that word that his heart is open to. Give him new revelation. Now I want you to Take that loyalty and that courage and that heart and everything that you have and use it to lead my people. Come on, folks. You are not where you made your last mistake. Everything is redeemable. Come on, say that over yourself. Say everything is redeemable. If your heart is open and you'll turn to the... Boy, you all are connected today. I had yes. That. If your heart is open, you'll turn to the Word of God and let him begin to make you into what you were originally meant to be. That's right. That's right. Come on. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Come on. If he's redeemed you, go ahead and give him a real good hallelujah. Glory to God. And you've got to know that about yourself. If you learn from the mistake, then you're better because of it. Just don't lay down and, and make your bed in the mistake. 
Use the word of God to let him grow you out. See, just because your past relationships were bad, doesn't mean your future relationships have that's to be right, bad. That's right. Come on, just because the one you're in right now is not going the way you want it to go, whether that's spouse, spouse, parent, children, coworker, whatever it is, it doesn't have to stay that way. It's redeemable. And matter of fact, I declare it's coming back better. Oh, I wish I had 10 people in here. I, I said it's coming back better. Come on, I was with a, a gentleman on yesterday who married his wife. Listen to this. Divorced his wife. Said he felt like he didn't get a chance to sow his wild oaks in life. Divorces his wife. Goes back out into the world. His wife keeps praying for him. Nine years go by. Now, how many of you know that's a praying woman right there? Because about nine days would have went by with me, and I would have been like, you got to go on and get your butt on out of here. I'm going to go find something over here. That's a praying woman right there. Listen to this. Nine years go by, and she invites him to church. And it was in church that his heart turned, see, because it was open. He goes back to the Word of God, begins to pray, and God tells him, go back home. Right? They have a get-together for her, some for her birthday, and he gets down on his knees and asked her to remarry him. And now they've been happily married for 12 years since that took place. Come on, folks. Everything is redeemable through the Word of God. Romans chapter 8, 28 says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives, good and bad, is continually woven, woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers and we have been called to fulfill his design purposes. Folks, everything you've ever gone through in life, if you will give it to God, God will bring something good out of it, use everything that you learned, even even if you learned it the right way and make you into something that you always dreamed about being. Come on, he can take a man like Paul who murdered people, who put Christians in jail. Come on, somebody. And then that same man can, can get revelation knowledge from God on the road to Damascus. The Holy Spirit can come upon him, knock him out. That man wake up from that, get baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then begin to go back and tell people, I have wronged no man. Why? Because he's saying that man died on the road to Damascus and the man that I am today is not that man and greater is he that is in me that is in, in the world and then God can take a killer a murderer and now use him to pen three-fourths of the New Testament come on folks your life is not over everything is redeemable through the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Number four, only God can meet all expectations through our faith and our reliance on him above all else. Folks, you've got to start putting too much faith in people. They will never measure up, including us. We will never be what you want us to be. Only God can be that. Uh -huh. Right? Look what Proverbs chapter 23, 18. Your spouse will never be the perfect spouse. Your children will never be the perfect children. Mm -hmm. It's just never going to happen. Because we're all people. Yes. So we've got to learn how to let God meet our expectations. 
through our faith and reliance on him above all else. Proverbs 23, 18, Amplified Classic says, For surely there is a latter end, a future and a reward, and your hope and your expectation shall not be cut off. You will have the marriage you dreamed of. You will have the children you believed God for. You will accomplish in life what you believed you could. Why? Because when you stick with that word, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, he will always get you to your destination. Somebody say, I will reach my expected end. My expected end. Do you believe that today? Come on, say it with your chest then. Say, I will, I will reach, reach my expected end. My expected end. Type it in online. I will, I will reach my expected end. Now go ahead and praise God like you're already there. Come on, praise him like you're already praise there. God. Come on, you got to act like you have it before you can have That's it. That's right. Come on, you, you got to act like you're there before you get there. But you know what, babe? I love you. But there's a little correction there. Go for it. Go for it. Because he said his ways are higher than our ways. Mm, so even their expectations. So whatever you but, but, expected, but, but, but it me, still don't measure up. Let me highlight something. I'm going to show you how negatively people think out there. See, I heard somebody out there go, uh-oh, she getting ready to. See, that's a condition. That's not where she's going. See, that's a condition of a heart that's choosing to listen negatively. She actually getting ready to take you higher and you thinking she's getting ready to correct me. The only thing she's getting ready to do is take you higher. Go ahead, babe. Finish that. Now develop See, that. See, when he more. says that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think, wherever you are right now, he didn't already capitalize on that. He's like, what's taking you so long? My plans are you are higher than what you're thinking. Whatever it is, double. Didn't we just sing that song? Double, double. Yeah, yeah, double. Right? Wherever you are, especially in your relationships, when you trust him and love him above all else, you won't be put so much stock in people that cannot deliver for you anyway. Yeah. All right. And guess what? And guess what? When I don't put pressure on him to be everything I need, right. it takes pressure off of him. That's right. He's relieved. Yeah. So trust and know that when you say, when you have the posture that I love you and I want to depend on you, but you know, I know God got it anyway, you take some pressure off of people. Yeah. Yeah. And see, we're modeling something right now, right in front of you, right? I trust God, but I also trust her. So even when she turned to me and said, Bay, it's something I need to correct you about. I already know I'm safe in that space. I know she's not getting ready to do anything to embarrass to embarrass or put down. So all I got to do Dishonor. is calm down. See, and sometimes again, in these relationships, we listen so defensively that as soon as the person says, can we talk, you already negative. And, and that's because I don't trust God. And when I don't trust God, I don't trust people. Now we haven't built enough trust in this relationship, see, so, so that we can communicate, resolve conflict, set new expectations and boundaries. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, last week, 
Minister Nancy and my niece, we went and we did, we hiked Kennesaw Mountain. If you ever follow me on social media, you know I'm always up and down Kennesaw Mountain, right? And we got to the top and, you know, they were taking, Minister Dabney being the photo social media bug that she is, you know, she's taking out her phone, plus her husband was calling her. And so she takes out her phone. So I'm warning them, because when we get to the top, there's multiple towers up there, right? And sometimes your signal isn't good. Most times your signal isn't good. How many of you have been in that situation where you're transitioning from one tower to another, and you know it because all of a sudden your signal stops working, and, and your, 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 map, your maps might act a little crazy? How many of you have been there? Everybody, if you have cellular service and a cell phone and you driving somewhere, you have experienced a drop signal, right? And so what happens, though, what I noticed is that when you get closer or when you go from one tower to another, particularly when you're driving, whatever direction you're going in, that's the signal that gets stronger. So when you have a whole bunch of signals, a whole bunch of towers in your life, the tower of friends, the tower of public opinion, the tower of my flesh, the tower of my boyfriend, the tower of my girlfriend, the tower of whoever, my tower. And then you got the tower of God. Whatever tower you're leaning towards or you're moving towards is going to get stronger. But if you're waffling between towers, you're going to get drop signals. You're going to get confusion. That's right. You're going to get missed situations and instructions, That's right. right? That's right. It's not going to be clear, right. which is why it's interesting to me when people that tell them that God told me, but they don't have a dedicated prayer life and word life. Don't trust that. Don't trust we're just gravitating to the signal that we're closest to. And oftentimes that signal might be our friend, mm -hmm. our own opinions. Yeah. That's why we don't get the results that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Now, boundaries and expectations. Dr. Caroline Leaf says, you have to create the relationships you desire. They don't just happen. You have to communicate your needs and desires. They aren't always obvious. Good. In an article written by humans in Human Psychology, in a, a 2021 article that was written, it defines expectations as this. It says, expectations are the strong belief that something will happen or be the case. More than anything... Our expectations determine our reality. Ooh, did you hear that? Our expectations determine our reality. Goes on to say that our expectations also impact those around us. In a self-fulfilling prophecy, people may rise or fall depending on our expectations and beliefs. You know, I have, one of my babies is here. I haven't seen her in a long time, Danielle Buford. I call her Buford. Known the girl since how long? We've known her forever. That's cool. So I could say, you know, I haven't seen her in a long time. And, well, just saw each other not too long ago, but a long time before that. And I could say, Buford don't like me no more. That's my thought. That's the idea. That's the belief that I formed in my head. And she could be in a crowd and be busy, and I think she looks my way. But I'm thinking she don't like me no more because that's my expectation. So no matter what she does, yeah. I'm taking it as if she don't like me anymore. And then I give her attitude. I act some kind of way towards her, right? I've created my reality based off of this expectation. And it's simply that she live on the east side of town, I live on the west, and she, she has a busy life. 
You understand what I'm saying? Boundaries. An article written by Denit Nitka, an expert in uh, boundaries and expectations, she's a psychologist, she says, in the context of psychology, boundaries are a conceptual limit between you and the other person. Simply put, it's knowing where you end and others begin, knowing what's yours and what's not, acknowledging that every adult is responsible for themselves. The one who sets the boundaries is responsible for enforcing them. If people run all over your boundaries, it's not their fault because we don't like boundaries. I don't like when he says no. I don't like it. But I have to sometime. And let me help all the fellas out out here, right? So, 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 so a lot of times a person could think in the context of a conversation about something she may want, that if I say no, I'm not listening to her, right? And so a lot of times it might play out that way. You don't listen to me, right? But uh, I listen to you. I'm just telling you now is not the time to do that, right? And, and we in a relationship, in a safe relationship, have to be comfortable with that and trust each other, right? That there has to be order, has to be boundaries, has to be expectations. But here's the thing, husbands. I never said no to her without creating some pathway to yes, so it's kind of always looked like this. If you will allow me to say no to you, my kids have heard this their whole life. If you allow me to say no to you today, I'll give you a bigger yes tomorrow. And you create a, and you create a pathway brother, for that. Oh my gosh, I just saw my brother. Yeah. So, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, so, so I don't lord over her while she's doing it. I'll keep going. So I don't lord over her, right? I'm just saying right now we can't do that. Financially is not the day to do that. And so we say no, but I say, Bay, if you let me accomplish this, 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 and this, let me say no today, I'll give you a bigger yes tomorrow, okay? I'm sorry, I just got distracted. I... Oh, my gosh. You want me to keep going? So I'll pick it up. Top guidelines for letting or setting expectations and boundaries, right? And so the quote that she would have read, my happiness grows in direct proportion to my acceptance and in inverse proportions to my expectations, right? So when we start talking again or continue to talk about expectations and boundaries, those two kind of marry together. I mean, you can't really set new expectations without having boundaries, Right? And then you can't have boundaries without new expectations. So this is what we all have to accept. We train people how to treat us. The way they treat us is the way that we train them. Does everybody in here accept that? They're not doing that for any other reason than that's the way we've trained them to treat us. And so if we don't create and communicate, right, so we can't even get to this place where we can set these new expectations if we can't communicate. Remember, if we can't communicate, then we cannot resolve conflict. And that's where most relationships stop, with the unresolved conflict, right? If we can resolve the conflict, now we can set new expectations, right? If we set new expectations, we can create new boundaries, all right, let's look at this. Top guidelines for setting expectations and boundaries. Letter A, trust God above people. Mm. I just said a mouthful right there. Trust God above people. So in other words, I have an expectation for my wife and I'm creating boundaries 
but I'm actually trusting God to actually lead her, show her the word, Holy Spirit to help her be that because I've accepted that I cannot change her. So even though I've communicated what my expectation is and I've created the boundaries, she has to be agreeable, not just with me, but also with God and the Holy Spirit in order for that to come to pass. So now as a, a mature person in a relationship, I have to say that if it takes her longer than my expectation to change, I'm still going to love her anyway until she gets there. Everybody clear on that? I'm not going to make an issue out of that, right, and allow our relationship to be impeded just because she hasn't arrived yet at my expectations. I'm going to operate in patience and support her and, and continue to help her until she gets there. Trust God, not people. Psalms 118, 8, 9, the ERV translation says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in people. And it is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in great leaders. So he didn't tell you to not trust people or not trust great leaders. He just said it's better to trust him, right? And how do you know you trust him more than people and great leaders? Whatever they do will not change you. So if they leave God, you won't leave God. Come on, if they cut up, you won't cut up. You won't say, if you did that, then I'm going to do this because you're trusting someone greater than that individual anyway. Okay? Letter B. Avoid people-pleasing or hypocritical behavior. Mm. Oh, I'll say that again. Avoid people-pleasing or hypocritical behavior. I just want to encourage you to be your authentic self. Yes. Because when you try to be what someone else wants you to be, you can't, it's not a sustainable model. The only thing that's sustainable is being authentically who you are. Let's look at a story here in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Uh, Peter, who was a leader in the early church, the scripture says when Peter came to Antioch, he did something that was not right. Somebody say, Peter messed up. Right? And, and so Peter I just was with you, Jesus. And he was with Jesus, right? And so I just want you all to know that leaders make mistakes. Amen. Leaders are not perfect. Amen. Right? So watch this. So when Peter came to Antioch, he did something that was wrong, and I stood against him. Paul said, I stood against him because he was wrong. See, every leader and every husband and every male, every person needs someone that they're accountable to. That can come into your life and check you and say, you are wrong. Change that behavior, adjust, and get that together. Which is why it's so important that you check the flock you, fl you fly with. Yeah, because yeah, you don't want somebody encouraging you to do wrong. You want somebody that will check you when you do wrong. That's a good friend. Come on, you got somebody in your corner when they'll come in and say, hey, no, you're wrong. Adjust that. Never follow a pastor who is not under the authority of somebody else. If he is a lone ranger and out here by himself and can't nobody tell him nothing, you should run as fast as you can and get out of that church as quick as you can if he can't be checked. Okay, so now watch this. Watch what Paul does. So this is what happened. So now Paul's going to explain exactly what happened. When Peter first came to Antioch, he ate and he associated with the non-Jewish people. 
But when some Jewish man came from James, Peter separated himself from the non-Jews. He stopped eating with them because he was afraid of the Jews who believed that all non-Jewish people must be circumcised. So what Peter had was situational ethics. What you want to be, folks, is the same person you are at the church should be the same person you are at home, should be the same person you are on your job. Right? You should not let the situation change your ethics. That's right. That's Just right. be authentically who you are all the time. That's right. That's so good. Because um, who you are will show up. Eventually. eventually. It's going to show up eventually. And if anyone's going to judge you, I prefer to judge me based off of who I am and not who I'm trying to pretend to be. So then I know for real that, you know, whether this is a thing or not. Right? Yeah. Number, uh, letter C, say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Matthew 5, 36 and 37 in the Passion, it says, And why would you swear by your own head? Because you do not have the power to turn a single strand black or white. But just let your words ring true. A simple yes or a simple no is sufficient. Anything beyond this springs from a deceiver. When we feel like we have to explain stuff or, or rationalize and do too much talking about a situation, we, start, we stop operating in the realm of deception and manipulation. Yeah. Deception and manipulation. If you, if, 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 if you ask me, babe, how you doing? Uh, babe, you, you okay? Just a basic yes or no question, right? I'm just going to ask you a basic yes or no question. Did you go to get your car washed yesterday? Well, see... I did, but I, well, see, what had happened was I got distracted with all the other running around and stuff. It's a simple yes And then no I question. end with this, and I'm just so tired, so babe, can you go get it washed? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I did get my car washed yesterday, but, you know, whatever the answer needs to be. If I ask him something, and, or if he asks me, babe, you, you, how you doing? You doing okay? And I say, I'm good. And then I got an attitude. He has the right to be like, okay, deuces, you good then. It ain't got nothing to do with me. Whatever's wrong with you. So, so ladies, let me help you say men. Let me help you understand men. If we ask you how you're doing and you say I'm good, if we ask you what's wrong and you say nothing, cool. <laughs> Come on, fellas. Don't leave me out here by myself now. Come on, don't be scared now. Don't be scared. I, don't be scared. Now, listen, I know she's sitting here next to you, but you know that's the truth. Richard is a little bit too excited about that. <laughs> listen, something could have just happened an hour ago. And yes, he should or she should know that that might not have been cool. And then they get an attitude and it's starting to boil. And you know, it starts to simmer and every, you know... Yeah, and the words become real short. Yeah. But if you don't, if you're not upfront with how you're feeling and what's going on, even if it's just to discuss it, they cannot be responsible for what you haven't communicated. Amen. D, check your current motives and boundaries. Check your current motives and boundaries. We talked about being manipulative and deceptive, but you have to check what you're about. Because oftentimes when we run over people and we, and we just don't engage in what they're expecting or we don't engage in those tough conversations, 
then, then we don't do it ourselves because we want free access to other people. Matthew 5, 12 in the message says, here's a simple rule of thumb for a guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative to do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. The golden rule, do unto others as you will have them do unto yourself. Oftentimes, people, when people don't treat, when, when people aren't treating other people well, when you seem to have experiences and drama with other people, and it's just ongoing, oftentimes, it's not just the devil. <laughs> They're not being your enemy. Oftentimes, that person might be walking in the harvest of their own seeds planted. Mm-hmm. If we're flipping with people, we don't talk to people, we expect people to read our minds, and we just have an attitude for no good reason, drama sparks up, uh, stuff happens, and it wasn't cool, and we don't want to talk about it, and all this here stuff, because who we are is going to show up. That's right. And then we're wondering why the same drama is showing up at work, at home, uh, in our friendship, uh, just doggone on social media. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's a result of our own seeds that we've planted, and now we're working and walking in their harvest. Lest you have an intentional, repentive heart, which means to turn away and change your thinking and intentionally chase after being a better version of what God created you to be. Unless you dig up that seed and burn it, you will continue to experience the harvest of your past behavior. That's so good. So that law is, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So you've got to learn how to sow the seed of what you want to receive. So so when you set these new boundaries and expectations, a lot of times they don't know how to become the new expectation and boundaries that you set. Well, you know one of the best ways to teach them is for you to treat them the way you want them to treat you. Mm. And now you not only told them, but you demonstrated what it is, right? And so they can learn from that that, man, okay, I can grow from that because that made me feel a certain way. Now I want to return that and make her feel a certain way, okay? And so instead of treating them the way they are, treat them the way that you want them to treat you. All right, let's look at letter E. Fail boundaries with others, especially those close to you. And these are always tough, right, because it's the ones that are closest to us that really hurt us the most when the boundaries that we set fail. Let's read Proverbs 25, 17. Don't wear out your welcome by staying too long at the home of your friends. Right? And so it's real simple math here, right? If they invited you over for dinner, when dinner is over, stand up. Go get your shoes. Offer to clean up first. Wait, hold up. Offer to clean up first. Okay. All right. Offer to clean up first. Offer to help clean up. Right? And get your shoes. And so if they invite you over to watch the game, soon as the game is over, stand up. (laughs) Ask for your coat. Right? Unless they say, right, because you set a boundary that that you wanted to watch the game and the game over because you set a boundary for the game. Right? And then let them say to you, you can stay longer if you want to. Let them say that. Don't you just take your, get more comfortable and take your socks off. Come on. And Talk about, can I have a blanket? Can I have a blanket? Uh, so, so it says, <laughs> don't, don't wear out your welcome by staying too long at the home of your friends. Or they may get fed up with always having you there and wish you hadn't come. 
So, so here's the That's principle. the Bible, y'all. Yeah, it's the book. So here, here's the principle, folks, in any relationship, right? Once the boundaries have been set, remember, I don't get to treat her however I want to treat her. She teaches me how to treat her. And I allow her to train me on how to treat her if we're going to have a healthy relationship. So once, the, so once those boundaries are set, then I just need to stay within those. You know? so, so like there's a rule in our house. My daughter knows this. Whoever messes it up, cleans it up. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Right? And so yes, she'll come yes. in that kitchen from time to time and say, who left these dishes? I don't say it like that. <laughs> I don't say it like that. She doesn't, she doesn't say it like that, right? And there's only two other people in the house, right? So we'll look at each other. Did you leave that in there? Did you leave that in there? And then we'll, between us, we'll work it out, and whoever goes in there and cleans it up. So, so the point here is respect the boundaries that have been set so that they don't ultimately fail. Letter F, biblical boundaries in your conversations. Proverbs 26, 4 says, in the Passion Translation, this is very good. I want you to pay attention. Don't respond to the words of a fool with more foolish words, or you will become as foolish as he is. Let me help a light bulb go on in here. Everybody say, I'm ready for some revelation. Right? If you ever found yourself in a foolish conversation and then you ended up acting just like the person, you just got sucked in, right? So what's one way to know I'm in a foolish situation? I start acting foolish. So when you start coming out of your square and talking in a way that you don't talk and acting in a way that you don't normally act, you are in a situation that you need to remove yourself from. That's right. That's right. That's good. Last one. The most important boundary everyone should establish, especially if you're a Christian. Those of you online, don't miss this one. The last one. It's the boundaries within your spiritual life. The boundaries in your spiritual life. If your conscience says don't do it, just to err on the side of good, don't do it. But then find what the Word of God has to say about it. Because sometimes our conscience can be off, right? Yeah. It could be hypersensitive sometimes. But then find in the Word of God what it has to say about that particular situation. But even within that, if you create the framework of your life by way of your prayer life and your word study life, and you protect that, right. then you'll be full of the truth that you need to know when the Holy Spirit is prompting you to go in a certain direction and act a certain way. Yeah. It says here, Mark 1.25 in the Passion, the next morning, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself on the earth. He got up long before daylight, left the house while it was dark, and made his way to a secluded self place to give himself to prayer. Jesus protected. Jesus was full of boundaries. Yeah. Woo, he was full of boundaries. Yeah. And you never had to think or guess what he was thinking, right? right? right. He protected his prayer life. Yeah. Usually in my house, if my door to the office is closed, I'm behind my desk, I'm doing one or two things. I'm working or I'm praying and studying. If my husband is at the kitchen, uh, uh, kitchen table and he has his iPad out and he's, you know, doing this, you know, it's almost as if he has a posture when he's in prayer and study mode, right? Babe, what you doing? Is it safe to talk? And he'll let you know. That's a boundary. 
Each of you should have your time of prayer, your time of study, and it should be protected. It should be treasured because now you are unlocking that inner man that God only has the key, that only God has the key to, and he will tell you the inner workings of your life, your unique self, your life that no one else can tell you about, and he'll cause your way to be prosperous. Yeah. Everybody wants the blessings, but God hasn't moved. We have to move to where the blessings are. Right. We want the opportunities, and we want the favor, and we want the money and the resources and the healing, but we have to move to where he is because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we don't get to that place where we can hear from him and receive from him, guess what? We will miss him. Yeah. Whatever tower we're moving towards is the signal that's going to be the strongest. That's right. So good. I'll conclude with this. John, John 2, 24 in the Passion, Jesus says that he did not entrust himself to them, to people, because he knew how fickle the human hearts can be. It didn't say he didn't trust them. Yeah. It said he didn't entrust himself to them. That's good. That's good. He did not put himself in a position to depend on them solely. That's right. So because he knew how fickle the hearts of man can be. Yeah. Change. We all can be fickle. Yeah. We, depending on what the day may bring, right? We could change our mind in a flash of a second. Yeah. But he says, when he says that, I want you to know that people are not your enemies. Right. We're living in a t time where there's this phenomenon where people just don't trust people. I, don't, I, I have a hard time. You trust people. When you go to the restaurant and order food, you trust them. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, you do. And that with a mighty burning fire. <laughs> right? When you open your door and go into your house and turn on the water, you trust the water company. Let the garbage man not show up. He violated your trust, right? We trust people. It's just that we don't want to engage in relationships that require for us to be vulnerable because we are afraid that they will hurt us. So therefore, we lead our relationships in fear. And anything you do in fear will always come back on you. That's right. Because you've set an expectation. Yeah. You've set an expectation. So if you don't want to get close to somebody because you're scared, you, 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 they might hurt you. We don't create boundaries. We create walls. Yeah. And when we create these walls, we lock other people out. But worse yet, we lock ourselves in. And the older a person gets, right, the, the thicker that the, wall the becomes. The thicker and higher that wall can become. So it's not about trusting people. It's about trusting God above people. And Holy Spirit will conduct you in the way in which you should go so that your relationships can and will be prosperous. That's good. People will hurt you. People will disappoint you. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But like the Word of God says when in the foundation scripture in Colossians, uh, I think, uh, yeah, 
13, he said, well, he, well in 12, 12, he says, be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with other. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way God has graciously forgiven you by Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit will tell you how to deal with the people, especially the difficult people in your life. Yeah. So even when they do disappoint, you're able to forgive, adjust, and move forward with them. So good. Amen. Amen. Did you all get anything out of that? Yeah. Excellent. Praise God. Why don't you stand to your feet? Allow me to pray over you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that your word is, your word is sealed in their heart. And as it is sealed in their heart, they'll amend yourselves to your, themselves to your perfect will and way, pursuing you with all their heart, realizing that you are the capital relationship, that you are the ultimate and optimal relationship that they need to pursue. And in their relationship with you, do they better their relationship with others. We give you the glory, honor, and praise for the demonstration of your love, grace, and mercy in each of these lives, even those that are online. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.